You're listening to the Jewel City Podcast. You can join us in person Sundays at 10 a.m. or 6 p.m. We have something for all people and all ages. Or join our live stream at 10 a.m. In this podcast, we'll hear a message from Pastor Robert from our spring revival. Praying for the revival, uh, my prayer had been that uh, we would leave after this week being changed. Not just an emotional experience, but an experience where the manifestation of God would fall upon each one of us and change uh, our lives. Can somebody say amen? Amen. And I know I just told you to sit down, but how about standing up again? Uh, Out of reverence for the reading of the word of God, can you do that? Wow, we got the lights on, I can see everybody. Looks good, looks good. Title of the message tonight is When God Connects with the Dead. And when I was standing during worship, I I just felt like I needed to share this with you. At any time during this message that the Spirit of God speaks to you, I do not want you to wait to the invitation. I want you to get up. You will not bother me, and I will continue to preach. But if the Holy Spirit begins to speak to you and begins to draw you, Don't wait for an invitation because you may miss it. Do you hear what I'm saying? So if you're here tonight and you're hungry and you really want some change in your life and the Spirit of God draws you, you get up and let him draw you, amen? You will not mess with me in any shape or form. So let's look at a message titled, When God Connects with the Dead. So I want to begin reading out of Luke chapter 1, verse 24. And after those days, his wife, speaking of Zacharias, his wife Elizabeth conceived and hid herself five months. Now, I was just overwhelmed uh, in reading this and trying to figure out and understand why that was added in that verse and hid herself five months. Pastor Aaron, would you uh, bless the reading of the word, please? Dear Heavenly Father, Lord God, we come before you, Lord God giving our hearts to you in praise, Lord God. Father, we've lifted you up. We magnify you, Lord God. And Father, we just come expecting, Lord, your word to touch us, Lord God, your word to change our hearts, your word to draw us closer to you, Lord God. Father, we're just asking that you would breathe fresh man up on Pastor, Lord God, as he speaks the the word tonight, Lord God. He's studied and he's prepared, Lord God. But if you've got something new, release Mm -hmm. it under your children tonight, Lord God. Father, if there's any who came in here that doesn't know you, I pray that you would draw them into salvation, Lord God. Father, I pray, Lord God, if they come depressed with anxiety, fear, worry of any kind, Lord, that they would come to an altar and meet you and have a love encounter that heals them, Lord God. Father, we ask your blessing upon us in the name of Jesus. and Amen. Before you're seated, look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, something's about to happen tonight. Give God one more hand clap and a shout of praise. Amen. Bless the Lord. Amen. Zachariah and Elizabeth were well in advanced years. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor. They were some old folk. (laughs) I'm starting to know how they feel. They were just people with human problems. Do you hear me? People with human problems. They had no child. They were elderly. Verse seven said, and they had no child because that Elizabeth was barren. That means her womb was dead, infertile. Some of you old women tonight may be in trouble. 
You may not be beyond the age of where you think you are, right? And they both, I didn't hear that and I'm probably glad I didn't. Is it all right to have fun in the house of God? I was here last Thursday night in our worship team. Man, they were, they were on, boy. I tell you, they was, they was worshiping and I went home and I texted Pastor Carrie and I said, wow, you guys was on it tonight. And she said, it was fun. There was joy in the house. Why would you want to go to a church where there was no joy in the house? Because the joy is of the Lord, amen? Give him a hand clap and a shout of praise. And they had no child because that Elizabeth was barren and they both now were well stricken in their years. They didn't have a child. She had a dead, barren, infertile womb. But what did they have? In verse seven and eight, you see they were people of worship. It's another place I don't wanna be where there's no worship. You hear what I'm saying? Zacharias was faithful to his priesthood. Young pastor, when I was told you was here tonight, in my spirit I felt led just to tell you tonight that you just need to be faithful. I look back through the years and there was many opportunities I could have quit. I didn't say I ever felt like it because I never did. Never once felt like it. Zacharias was faithful to his priesthood. You see, they were people, what did they have? They, they were people of prayer. You read verse 10, and they led others to pray. That's another place I don't wanna be, is in a house where there's no prayer. Do you hear what I'm saying? They were people greatly favored by God. If you are people that will worship God, and if you are people that will pray, the favor of God will run you down. Do you understand what I'm saying? Go ahead, don't give him a tip. Give him a hand clap and a shout of praise. I just believe we're in a house tonight with people that are greatly favored by God. Everybody's not favored by God, but there is a remnant bunch that is favored by God. A remnant bunch is it don't matter what anybody else has to say, what the culture is, or what America tries to tell you is all right. You are a remnant bunch that said, my God said, it is written, and when you're that kind of people, friend, the favor of God will be upon you and will be upon your church. Woo! Their worship and prayers were favored by a visit from an angel. In verse 13, but the angel said unto him, fear not. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, fear not. Fear not. But the angel said unto him, fear not, Zacharias, for thy prayer is heard. I'm glad I serve a God that is not dead that a God that does not need hearing aids like I've got on tonight. And I've got them jacked up. And thy wife Elizabeth shall bear thee a son, and thou shalt call his name John. You see what happens when God connects with the dead? My goodness, we're headed somewhere tonight. Luke chapter one, verse 39 through 43. Now I want to talk about another woman carrying a child. Mary, the mother of Jesus. And Mary arose in those days and went into the hill country with haste into a city of Judah and entered into the house of Zacharias and 
saluted Elizabeth. And it came to pass that when Elizabeth heard the salutation of Mary, the baby leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Ghost. When the Holy Ghost touches you, something ought to change. Something ought to leap inside of you. The night that I was revived, born again because I was dead, the night I was rescued and the Holy Ghost touched me, Nobody needed to tell me that I was saved. Something kicked, something leaped inside. It was the Holy Ghost of God. If you know the feeling, give him a hand clap and a shout of praise. And she spoke out with a loud voice and said, blessed art thou among women and blessed is the fruit of thy womb. And whence is this to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? I don't generally like to go down a rabbit trail, but I'd like to say something. Mary, the mother of Jesus, was just a young girl from poverty, not knowing at all. Zacharias was in the priesthood and his, his wife was known. There's a lesson here. Zacharias' wife the favor of God was on them because they were humble people and acknowledged that a young poor girl was carrying the Lord, wasn't jealous over it. Do you hear what I'm saying? Wasn't jealous over our church. Wasn't jealous over your church. You want the favor of God, you get rid of all that other stuff and just worship God and pray and you watch God show up. Don't try to be somebody else. Just be who you are. Give God a hand clap. So the baby in the womb of Elizabeth, John the Baptist. It would seem, as uh, we read the Bible and most people, it would seem that when Jesus arrived at the Jordan uh, is where John was preaching, that this was the very first time that they had met. Uh, that is not so. Sometimes you assume things. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, never assume. Because I want to tell you tonight, they had met even before they were born. Their first meeting didn't take place at the river. They were met before they were born, which goes to show that life starts at conception and not birth. I have no problem saying that we are pro-life that I am pro-life, I should speak about me. And if you're here in this house, you probably are pro-life. The world wants to redefine and, and, and oh, go ahead, go ahead and bless God. Bless God. The world wants to water it down and say pro-choice. That is a nice watered down word for pro-murder. Pro-murder. The Bible says, and this just gets a hold of me, that for five months she has been shut up in the house. She had hid herself. How long have you been shut up? How long have you been hiding? Many believe at her age she hid the pregnancy due to the fear of a miscarriage. But there is some theologians, and, and, and I'm not a theologian, go ahead Bruce and say amen. <laughs> some theologians believe this five or maybe six months that she hid herself is because she had felt no sign of life. 
How long has it been since you felt a sign of life? How long has it been? How long have you gone without feeling a single sign of life, the presence and the touch of God Almighty? How long has it been since you've hid behind whatever addiction that has you bound or whatever sport or whatever thing that is going on in your life and you have suffered because you have not felt any sign of life, which is the presence and the touch of God Almighty? If it's been a while, you are in the right house tonight because I know the Holy Ghost is here because I brought him when I came. If you brought him with you tonight, give him a hand clap and a shout of praise. Somebody said preach and I'm going to. How long has it been since you felt the touch of God? How long have you had that dead praise? Never want to lift your hands up. I find that mostly it's men. Them women that got it going on. Huh, ladies? How long has it been since you had that dead prayer life? That dead giving, that dead love, stagnant. How long will you continue to stay shut up and cut off and hid? I pray tonight you experience the change you experience that deadness going and you experience a fresh touch of God in his manna. Can someone bless God and give him a hand clap and a shout of praise? So we find Mary now pregnant with Jesus and she goes to her cousin Elizabeth and listen to verse 39 and Mary arose in those days and went into the hill country with haste. I'd like to see somebody get some haste on them tonight. Into a city of Judah and entered into the house of Zacharias and saluted Elizabeth and it came to pass that when Elizabeth heard the salutation of Mary, the baby leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Ghost. John is the first embryo on record to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Do you hear what I'm saying tonight? As soon as Elizabeth's belly touched Mary's, she felt a kick. She felt a kick. You know why? Because Mary was carrying the resurrection and the life. I said she felt a kick because uh, Mary was carrying the resurrection and the life. Do you hear what I'm saying? In John 11 and 25, Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life, and he that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. She may not have felt any kind of life for five months, but all of a sudden, the resurrection of life in her mother's belly jumped over and touched her and life came into John the Baptist. Somebody give him a hand clap and a shout of praise. Woo! I'm here tonight to tell you whatever Jesus touches, it don't care how dead it is, God can bring it to life. I said no matter what is dead in your life, when Jesus touches it, it can't stay the same. It will come alive. And every one of us go through seasons in life that we've got dead things in our life and God tonight wants to breathe on your deadness and bring life. Give him a hand clap and a shout of praise. No matter how long, I said no matter how long, no matter how long you've been praying for your dead issue, 
Your dead issue may be your son or daughter that is wayward. Your dead issue may be an addiction that's got you strapped down, got you in bondage. Your dead issue may be a financial problem, but my God is able to make something out of nothing. In Genesis 2 and 7, and the Lord God formed man out of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. You look at your neighbor right now and say, hey neighbor, you was a dirt bag, but now God has breathed life into you and now you are a son and a daughter of God. Do you hear what I'm talking about tonight? I don't care what you carry in here. You can have the Paul barrier, carry it down the aisle, but my God will reach down and mess every funeral up. He'll touch you tonight in a way that you can't even begin to imagine. I wish somebody would get out of your seat and put your hands together and thank God for touching your deadness. Oh, oh, come on, bless the Lord. Has God ever touched you? I said, has God ever touched you? Has God ever touched you? Has God ever touched you? Has God breathed on you? Oh, you're worthy, God. Sit down, let me preach. Woo! You folk watching by live stream, I appreciate you. I really do. But if you're able, you ought to get off your butt and get in God's house. Because my Bible said, let not ye forsake the assembling of yourselves together in the house of the Lord, even greater so as his day comes approaching. Let me tell you, the Lord could come in any minute. You ought to get off the bleachers uh, and get to the church house. You ought to get off the couch and get to the church house. Somebody, if you're glad to be in the house of God, put your hands together and bless the Lord. I got a pace. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor. He got to pace himself. Full throttle, that's right. I was in the hospital, had five strokes. Pastor Kerry wanted to know, what do you want us to do? I said, full throttle, full throttle. Matthew 9 and 18, when God connects with the dead, Jairus' daughter. While he spake these things unto them, behold, there came a certain ruler and worshiped him. Zacharias worshiped him. While he spake these things unto them, behold, there came a certain ruler, and what he do? And he worshiped him. Some people don't like worship. When we transitioned from the old stuff only and went all the way, had some, I don't like it, I ain't coming back. <laughs> well, guess what? When you get to heaven, you ain't coming back. <laughs> you better get used to it. You, you prayed if God give me anything fresh. It wasn't there. <laughs> While he spake these things unto them, do you like that? <laughs> kind of like Richard Nixon. <laughs> I don't know where that come from either. I want to try it again. While he spake these things unto them, behold, there came a certain ruler and worshiped him, saying, my daughter is even now dead, but come. My daughter is now dead, but come. 
and lay thy hand upon her and she shall live. Jairus came to the Lord after the fact. According to humanity, it was a dead issue. Do you hear me? God wants a man, God wants a woman to trust him and to believe in him. The daughter was raised from the dead because of the father's faith. I believe she was around 12 years old. Nothing can be done for her by the medical world but a proclamation of death. Do you hear me? Nothing else could have happened according to the world. No amount of medication could have brought her back. No matter amount of resuscitation would bring her back to life. The world says to you and to me there is no hope. But I am not listening to the world. I am listening to the world, the word of God and the voice of my God Almighty. Do you hear me? If you hear his voice and you appreciate his voice, you tune out the world and you listen to what God has to say. Give him a hand clap and a shout praise. The world says there's no hope in what is sad. Some of us have family members that says quit praying, quit believing, quit hoping. But I'm here tonight to tell you that Jesus says there is hope. In Romans 15 and 4, for everything that was written in the past was written to teach us. What was written about Zacharias and Elizabeth was to teach us. What was written about Jairus' daughter is to teach us so that through the endurance, faithfulness, hold on, taught in the scriptures and the encouragement they provide, we might have hope. Proverbs 23 and 18, there is surely a future hope for you and your hope will not be cut off. I don't care what the world says. I'll, I'll be honest with you. I get to talking about what's going on in the world and my blood pressure. And then I got to realize my hope is not in the White House, the schoolhouse or the outhouse. And sometimes I get them backwards. But it's in God and God alone. And America was founded upon God and I'm believing there's little sparks of revival all across our great country like this. It's gonna come together and burn like a fire and America is gonna come back to God. If you believe that, give God a hand clap and a shout of praise. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, we got hope. Here's one of the things we need. We need to get to mourners and the weepers and the flute players out of our life. Those people that are just naysayers and negative, whining and moaning and groaning and complaining all the time. Get them out of your life. Pray for them, but just get away from them. I don't know if that's real Christian-like or not, but it works for me. Sick Jesus on them. And when Jesus came into the ruler's house and he saw the minstrels and the people making noise. <gasps> he said unto them, give place, for the maid is not dead, but sleepeth, and they laughed him to scorn. But when the people were put forth, he put them out. So how come I can't? He went in. They went out. Oh, they went out. He went in. You got some folk and some dead things in your life that need to go out, and if you let them go out, he'll come in. Do you hear me? Oh my goodness. Blame it on him.
And he took her by the hand and the maid arose. He's not a one and done God. Widow's son raised in Luke 7, 11 and 15. And it came to pass the day after that he went into a city called Nain and many disciples went with him and much people. And now when he came nigh to the gate of the city, behold, there was a dead man carried out and the only son of his mother. And she was a widow. Much people of the city was with her. And when the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her. And God sees exactly what's dead in your life. God sees the pain. God feels the pain. And he came and he touched the bier. And they that bare him stood still. And he said, young man, I say unto thee, arise. And he that was dead sat up. Woo, I like to have been there. That'd mess any undertaker up, wouldn't it? And he that was dead sat up and began to speak. And he delivered him to his mother. Jesus entered name. Scripture said many was present. Present for a reason to be a witness. Verse 12 and 13, great compassion of Jesus. He was touched. He's a compassionate God and he'll touch you tonight. I don't care about your past. You need to get over your past. God will touch you, change your life. Put your feet upon the rock. Write your name down on the roll. Give you hope, give you life. Give you joy. The devil come to kill and destroy. My God came to love you and give you life. Give him your deadness and let him breathe life. I like verse 13. It says, the Lord spoke to her. I believe Luke right here is stressing the thought that the Lord speaks to men and his word gives them great assurance. He speaks to you. He knows you. He's not a one and done. Jesus at the grave of Lazarus. Go with me to John 11, chapter 38. Jesus, therefore, again, groaning in himself, cometh to the grave, and it was a cave, and, he, and a stone laid upon it. And Jesus said, take away the stone. Martha, the sister of him that was dead, saith unto him, Lord, by this time he stinketh, for he hath been dead four days. And Jesus saith unto her, said I not unto thee, that if thou wouldest believe, thou shalt see the glory of God. Why don't you let him roll the stone away from what's dead in your life tonight? Why don't you believe that it's your night it's not somebody else's night, but it's your night. Why don't you let him roll the stone away tonight in your life? No matter how long it's been dead and how bad it stinks, it has stunk, it has caused division in your family, but God is going to give new life here tonight. Do you hear what I'm saying? And then they took away the stone from the place where the dead was laid and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me, and I knew that thou hearest me always, 
but because of the people which stand by, I said it that they may believe that thou, thou hast sent me. Jesus groaned in himself. He saw the pain of Mary and Martha and his friends and he sees your pain tonight and he groans in his spirit. He was aware of the bondage that the death held over his friend Lazarus uh, and over the whole human race and he is aware tonight of the bondage that has you held down and held back tonight. He wants to roll that stone away, whatever it is in your life and lift you up, do you hear me? Like wings on an eagle and soar above. Give God a hand clap and a shout of praise. My goodness. And when he had spoken, he cried with a loud voice. Well, pastor, it's too loud there at Jewel City. I wish you'd turn that volume down a little bit. When he had spoken, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. He that was dead came forth, bound hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was bound about with a napkin. And Jesus saith unto them, loose him and let him go. Can I tell you tonight, I am shouting with the voice of the Lord, the anointing of God on my life. Come forth tonight and watch the Lord loose you and let you go. I said, come forth tonight and let the Lord loose you. Someone stand with me and give God a hand clap of praise. How about some musicians coming back and I'm not done but give him a hand clap a great shout the great shout of the resurrection the resurrection of Lazarus pictures the coming resurrection of the believers for the Lord himself shall descend from heaven and with the voice of the archangel and the trumpet and the shout the Lord's gonna proclaim, come on home, children, come on home. All of a sudden, brother, all the dead that are in Christ, there is people that don't believe in the resurrection, but I'm telling you, the Lord is coming back, and when he shouts, all the dead shall rise. Oh, then we remain, shall be caught up in the clouds to be with the, the Lord forever and ever. Give him a hand clap and a shout of praise. The day is coming. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, that day is coming. Now let me tell you something. He said, Lazarus, come forth. When that day comes, the only ones that will hear that voice is the ones that know him personally. You're not gonna get there because your loved ones have prepared their way. You're not going to give. Some people say, when I ask them, are you saved? Are you a Christian? Well, 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 well I'm a church at the, uh, at the second, whatever. I'm a member of the church at the second, you know, I, I don't want to single people out. Second Jewel City non-denomination or second Baptist or second uh, first church of the blood brother something or another. <laughs> well, are you saved? I, I got baptized. 
I got, I got baptized. I told in our staff meeting today, we've got, uh, I think, around 30 signed up to be baptized this Sunday morning and, and maybe a few more, and, and some, are, some are very small. I said, listen, you need to talk to their parents. I, I, I don't want anyone coming here and thinking that we're gonna baptize some baby and some child, and they're gonna go throughout life saying, well, I got baptized down there at Shinston. If you get baptized and you've never had a personal experience, a born-again experience with God, the only thing you did was take a bath. Do you hear what I'm telling you? tonight. You, you can't be bad. You can't get to heaven on baptism. You get to heaven on the blood of the Lamb of God. And after you are born again, after the Spirit of God speaks to you and drops you and you understand and you repent of your sins, brother, then we'll baptize you. Do you hear what I'm saying? Ephesians chapter 2 verse 1 through 6 and You hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. I was a dead man before Jesus touched me at age 22. I was a dead man. Somebody today, I was walking with them earlier this morning and they was talking to me a little bit about alcohol. And I said, I haven't had a drink since I was 22. But I said, that ain't what saved me. Jesus saved me. You hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. Where in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversation in times past in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. But it don't stop there. But God, but God, who is rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ by grace. By grace you are saved. It's by the grace of God that I'm alive. It's by the grace of God that I survived my teenage years and by the grace of God and the prayers of a mom and dad praying for a rebellious heathen. And I'm sure I'm the only one, Pete, in the house. Even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace you are saved and hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Before conversion, a man is dead. A man lives a life of death, says you were dead. How can a man be living and still be dead? The basic meaning of death here is separation. Man's purpose is to know God. Man's purpose is to worship God. Man's purpose is to have fellowship, a relationship with God. Well, I believe in God, some tell me. Satan believes in God. Satan believes in God. You're not leaving here tonight without knowing unless your heart has been changed, unless you have been drawn by the Spirit of God 
and you have repented of your sins, friend, you are lost as lost can be. And if you die, you will split hell wide open. But, but, by the grace of God, you can be saved. Can I tell you tonight, but God who is rich in mercy, for his great love wherewith he loved us, Is your heart right with God? If not, let him touch you tonight. Others in the room, there is no dead issues with God, none. Somebody tonight, I believe, needs to stir up their dead faith. (laughs) Matthew 17 and 20, I'll tell you the truth. If you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move. Nothing will be impossible. Nothing will be impossible for you. I was walking this morning at the bridge trying to meditate and I was thinking about faith. I was thinking Mosby Cove here out at Route 19 when me and three of my friends purchased this place, this, this property. And I used to come here by myself and I'd walk it all the time. And there's a place, Billy Joe, up behind your house where your boys ride dirt bikes and it's the highest point in Mosby Cove. And for years I would go up there and there was no road in here. No utilities, no homes, no buildings. You know what I'm talking about. And I would sit there and pray. And I would take my hands and I would stretch my hands forward and I'd say, God, you've got something to do here. God, I don't know what it is, but I got the faith to believe God. I went to Trinity Assembly of God one night because a mentor in my life told me to be there. I didn't want to go, but I wasn't going to tell him no. I don't believe anybody in the house knew I was there. He wasn't there. He's from a couple hours from here. And a man from South Africa was preaching. He called. He said, man of God, man of God, come forward. I just figured there's all kind of men of God in the house. (laughs) He said, no, you. I looked behind me. He said, no, not behind you. You, Andre Van Zyl. South Africa I got up they probably had a thousand people plus and I walked down the aisle he said you man of God never met him before you pastor a great church he said you get to 400 or so you're trying to do everything you can and you go backwards every time he said you want to know why because you got to take your hand off of it and you got to give it to God He stood about 6'5", he had hands like that long. And he said, if you'll take your hands off of it and have the faith to trust God, he said, God will begin to paint it in. And it'll be a beautiful, just like a rainbow. And I left there that night and I said, God, I got the faith to believe. And I'm not gonna try to do this no more. Can I tell you what Mosby Cove was in the 60s? A garbage dump. Right? 
Can I tell you what I was in the 70s? A garbage dump. My mom and dad had the faith to believe, Dave, that the Lord would touch me and use me. We've sat on a bar stool together. By God's grace, I'm here tonight because of the faith of a mom and dad and the blood of Jesus Christ. Mosby Cove is here because of the faith that God give a man. So what I'm trying to say is God is no respecter of persons. If there's something dead in your life and you have the faith to believe, God will breathe on that tonight. Somebody needs to stir up that dead faith. Somebody needs to quit doubting. In James 1 and 8, a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. What's dead in your life tonight? Somebody needs to drive fear, fear out. You look at me and you say, wow. Young pastors come here quite often to pick my brain. Wow, wow, wow. You don't know the times that I didn't even want to come out of my office. You don't know the times somebody scar you, cripple your confidence. But you got the faith to believe the Word of God will drive out your fears. I've been a nervous wreck before around other pastors because they had more degrees than a thermometer. And I backed my way out of school, high school. So then I go back to Psalms 34 and four. I sought the Lord and he heard me and he delivered me from all of my fears. Why don't you seek the Lord? Quit seeking the approval of how many people like you on social media and seek the Lord, do you hear me? Why don't you just go ahead and tell him what's got you bound? Why don't you go ahead and tell him what you're fearful of, what you've been hurt in the past that still brings fear in your life and let God do a work in your life. Give him a hand clap and a shout of praise. And last, somebody needs to touch the heart of God with their heart and let him bind up your wounds. It's amazing how when a person is assaulted, when they're a young child, they carry it throughout their life. And what happens, it snowballs. And other heavy stones come in your life. And it don't have to be that way. He who the sun sets free is free indeed. And I'm sure there's people tonight with heavy stones that's got you held in bondage. Can anybody in the house be honest and say, I've been there, and it was heavy, and it was rough, and it was painful. But to testify to those in this house that are still struggling, can put your hands together and say, I'm one of them, that the Lord loose me and let me go. Come on, bless the Lord. If he rolled the stone away in your life, I don't brag on things of my past, but I'm not ashamed to share them.
because of it to help somebody. My mom and dad, you've heard me tell the story. I had a drug problem growing up. They drugged my hind into church. And they thought I was safe in a home nearby. And at age probably nine, I was introduced to pornography by adults. Those stones are heavy in your life. Carry into adulthood. People laugh, well, he don't do the internet. That's one of the reasons I don't do the internet. I'll tell you some of the other reasons this week that I don't do the internet. They said, move the cursor. I thought somebody was cursing. Somebody getting ready to cuff somebody out. So I shared a little bit of what I've had to overcome in my life. I didn't pray for a hype revival. I prayed that the Spirit of God would touch hearts and change lives. You go ahead and cover it up if you want. You can cover it up, but it still stinks. You go out in the barnyard and cover it up, it still stinks. You hear me? Psalms 147 and 3, He healeth the broken in heart and bindeth up their wounds. Bindeth up their wounds. God has healed my heart. I was married at 18. Married for 17 years. Got a wonderful son. He's here tonight. Divorce came knocking on my door. Like he has many in this room. God has healed my broken heart and I still care deeply about my first wife and my wife and her are friends. Some of you need to patch that stuff up. That hurt you, didn't it? When God connects with the dead, nothing stays dead. Nothing. Why don't you let God connect tonight? I've given you all I've got. Now it's up to you. Sing something, Pastor Kerry, all over this house. This altar's open. You come. Pastor Rita, come stand right here. Pastor Aaron, come stand here. If you want to come pray by yourself, you come. But if you want someone to agree with you, you come and ask them to pray with you all over. I'm not going to beg you. We'll close down and we'll go home. I'm not going to beg you. If the Spirit of God is drawing you, and you know there's some deadness in your life and you're tired of it. Most important part of the, excuse me, of the entire evening is the altar call, the salvation call, and I'll get there. It's what God is concerned about more than anything. Come, every head bowed in the house. If you're here tonight and you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ, Why don't you open up your heart? Don't leave tonight without praying and asking God into your heart, into your life. If you're here tonight, I'm not gonna come to you, but I I know the Holy Spirit will. If you'd like to give your life, you'd like to give your soul to the Lord, 
you'd like to repent of your sins and live a life serving God, then lift up your hand real high right where you're at for just a moment or two. Is there one in the house? I don't know the hearts of anybody. Is there one in the house would lift your hand and say tonight, Pastor, I want to give my life to the Lord. I'm not going to tarry. I'm not going to drag you down here. If you're here tonight and you want to surrender, you want a life, a life walking with God Almighty, lift your hand high. Thank you for listening to the Jewel City Podcast. You can join us in person Sundays at 10 a.m. or 6 p.m. We have something for all people and all ages. Or join our live stream at 10 a.m. 